I came to First Class Reels, I was trying to find someone to do my reel for me. The reason I wanted to get my reel done was because every like, agent I'd run into or manager would be like, so can I see some of your work? And I'd be like, I don't have a reel. When we were done and I sent it out to people I've been networking with and I got an agent out of it. And right now I'm talking to a manager after they've seen my reel. So it really was bang for my buck. Like, I got exactly what I wanted. So first class reels, do it. You will not regret it. Trust me. You know objective truth, Darwin? Math. That's not objective truth. Math is objective. No, it's not. Yes, it, it doesn't is. It fully describe reality. There's no chance you've objectively described reality. You haven't. Let the record show that Lauren is bored. Welcome to Darwinism. I'm Matt Lofton. I'm Darwin. Here's where we talk about politics. Trying to evolve the conversation. Ah, uh, ah, uh, that's so horrible, horrible. All right, welcome to Lofty Darwinism here in review. Um, Matt and I would just, uh, we just woke up or at least I did. Yeah, I'm in um, Indiana. I've been up for a little while, Darwin. We could have recorded this an hour ago, <laughs> at least. Well, I, I was up an hour ago. My eyes just glued to the screen of my phone watching these crypto prices just just plummet and skyrocket and plummet and skyrocket. And it has been one hell of a ride. What do you say? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it, it's... It, it's, I'm processing a lot of the feelings around cryptocurrency. I'm not in for that much right now. I'm still way up overall. I made some just I – bought, I bought Litecoin at the wrong time but for an amount of money where I was willing to lose. So for me, I'm so young in this process with cryptocurrency as an investment. I'm not risking anything I cannot afford to lose. Uh-huh. And, and I'm trying to approach it sort of like how I learned to play poker or anything else. Which is it's gonna I'm gonna get beaten a lot. Like I have intuitions about yeah. what I think is gonna happen here, and I look at these markets. But you know, uh, the the class when we started talking a couple of days ago was when Bitcoin Cash was on a bit of a rally against Bitcoin. Now Bitcoin Cash has come back down to earth, as well as Bitcoin. Yeah. And you know, but I could see for one of the first times direct correlation to that flash crash ha- happened at the same time. Or the flash increase in Bitcoin Cash happened at the same time Business Insider and uh, released an article about an investor uh, who was cashing fully out of Bitcoin at about 1900 into Bitcoin Cash. And at the same time, Coinbase was opening up its ability to buy that currency. Mm-hmm. So that feels like market manipulation. And now if you look back at the chart, that $8,500 price isn't even, on the, isn't even on there anymore. So how do you... I mean, this is a young thing, but there are better traders than you and me, Darwin. How yes. do you approach that? Well, I, what I am am getting into very, uh, very much into touch with is it's not what's happening today is not surprising in the crypto community. What's no. surprising is that dumbasses like you and me are playing with crypto while it's doing exactly what is advertised. If mm-hmm. you look back. I mean, because I remember whenever like Bitcoin rose up to about eleven thousand was when I put a little money in, and I looked back at the year and I said, "My God, I don't know if I would have been able to emotionally survive that." It was like it would it it climbed up and then it goes down and then it goes up and then it goes down. Like thirty to forty percent corrections happened five times this year alone in Bitcoin, and the. The, the, what makes it different is that it's entered the mainstream and Coinbase in particular, most downloaded app of the past two weeks and 
now a lot of people who don't know jack shit about cryptocurrency are are in it. And I, I honestly, like, you know, I, I don't know, like, you have to know so much about economics to understand how much you don't know. So that's been my path, has been learning economics so that I can understand how foolish I am to try and say anything definitive that is smarter than what you would get by just flipping a goddamn coin. And well, I'm not there yet. <laughs> no, no, and that, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's that. Well, no, we're definitely not there yet. It is bringing me back to fundamental principles of my economics training. That was my undergrad. It's something I cared about. But you're looking at it. But the reason I majored in economics wasn't because of where economics was in, say, 2004 to 2012. And to now, arguably, you know, which was a lot of regression analysis, a lot of macro. It was honestly what's happening now, which is behavioral economics, the traditional philosophies of, say, Adam Smith, the Scottish Enlightenment, you know, mm -hmm. those are economists to me, but they're also keen observers of human behavior. Yes. You know, we yes, started yes, to, yes. we started to act like, well, the, some reason economics started to model everything is that every person in the economic world was a rational actor at all times, which yeah. is insane yes. because it's not. And they it's the aren't. opposite. They, yeah, you would they, not they, have an economy if people were rational right. actors. And, and <laughs> also, there's no such thing as rational from every perspective, right? They could all be rational actors from their own immediate perspective of how, like, there's no definition of rational. So right. we set up a straw man that could never fully model reality. Mm -hmm. But a lot of... And that's, of, that's yeah. particularly important in cryptocurrency because yep. so many people, knew, myself included, knew that this was a bubble set to burst. Can you cash in and cash out without getting burned? And what a lot of people are learning today and yesterday is no. that uh, – no. <laughs> right. Now, um, having said that, I do want to just point out I had put all my money into Ripple. Yeah. And that was the one currency that stayed afloat and actually rose during this crash. And I have to tell you, I – by the time this comes out, Ripple may have crashed. This whole – like everything like in cryptocurrency, Ripple included, insanely volatile. Right. But what I do believe is the case and this is investment advice that I think everybody would sign on to and is true across the board. Look at the playing field. Look at the game. Look at the actual underlying value of what it is that you're looking to invest in and say, do you want that for its inherent value? What's problematic right now is that the mainstreaming of Bitcoin happened too fast and now the wait times, the block times are shockingly slow. Mm -hmm. um, not just for Bitcoin, but for a lot of these currencies, but especially the fees. The Bitcoin transaction fees have risen to something like $30. So the idea of Bitcoin is that it's a currency. Right. You know, it's not a store of value. It's a currency. And the only reason that it's a store of value is because people think it's the currency of the future. But so long as it is unable to actually function as a currency, its valuation is highly suspicious. So right. Ripple, on the other hand, ha has the p capacity to scale and actually get implemented into the financial markets of today. Well, I mean, the, the question is, well, 
Darwin, the th that's the thing about Bitcoin is arguably it'll be the backstop currency. It won't be the day-to-day -day currency because of its finite value. The reason you buy Bitcoin, even at $19,000, and I argue I think it will end up being a $50,000 coin, if not higher, yeah. is because of its is because of the fact that it is finite. It will stop being made. And it, it was one of the first with the largest, it, like it, Bitcoin is going to go up and down in value, but it's inherent design, you know, I mean, there's so many problems with the well, but it's just, it's, 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 it's going to be a store of value. There, I, I don't are, think it's gonna be. there are technological developments in the future that are yeah. likely to bring a lot of the Bitcoin issues mm -hmm. down such as transaction costs and blockchain uh, time. Like for instance, it takes about an hour to process, at the best of times, a Bitcoin transaction. The, um, the, 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 there are developments that will allow those transaction costs to go down, the blockchain time to go down. They're far in the future. And once that happens, it will become more than just a store of value and a finite resource. The question, though, is in the same way that Alta Vista did not become the search engine that everybody uses right now, is it truly Bitcoin that will be the cryptocurrency of the future? Because I would argue that many of its competing cryptocurrency rivals are better positioned to capitalize on the blockchain technology. Ethereum has an enormously complex ecosystem that is beautiful and it has a team of developers that are robust. I'm in Ripple right now because I think that that's probably the best actual likely uh, like uh, currency that could fit into our daily lives. Like internet rumors are flying of Amazon might start accepting one of these cryptocurrencies. Uber might start accepting one of these cryptocurrencies. Facebook might start allowing messaging back and forth of these You're cryptocurrencies. You're missing it. You're missing it. They're going to create their own, Darwin. Um, th 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 no, 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 no. you got to understand. Facebook is going to put – like Facebook Cash, they're going to turn uh, – they may not do it yet and they may say they're not a crypto company. But you have an iced tea company making their own cryptocurrency. You're going to see that blockchain technology. That, that, you're going to see a codified individual on the blockchain. But hold on. Like, OK. First of all, blockchain can be used for more than just currency and that's uh, the important Of course. Part. Of course. I do expect blockchain to – because what's important about blockchain is that it's open. It's open source. You can – especially with Ripple, you can very – you can in lightly trick, uh, quick transactions put money into escrow essentially between two individuals and once a task is completed, it automatically goes through right. after a verification. Now, just to think of this in terms of employment payments. Like, have you ever, because I have, have you ever struggled to get paid by an employer? Like, yep. like if you did a gig and somebody said, I'll pay you X amount of money, but then comes time and it isn't actually, uh, you know, the money doesn't actually come in. Ripple has the capacity for those agreements to be made in a decentralized way so that you see the person put the money in. Once you do the job and they sign off on it, the money automatically transfers. That is a revolutionary concept. Low hmm. transaction fees, no need for banks, at least of the scale and intensity that they currently exist. These technologies are going to be implemented. The question is, is the store of value and the pricing that it's at right now going to hold? Because the dot-com 
era ushered in an entirely new world but that didn't prevent the stocks from all crashing simultaneously. Um, I think we're going to see the same thing here. In fact, I think we may be seeing the same thing here. Although personally, I think it's going to bounce back and start oh, to rise back up. I think it's going to bounce back. I think every one of these plays is long term. I think you 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 could very much predict that when the headlines started putting the average man in the market, you were going to see a bubble too quickly inflated when you could when you could buy it for nothing and buy it quickly and buy it infinitely and every bit of Bitcoin and could be split infinitely. You were going to see dumb money hit the table like you were playing poker in 2002 and you had already been playing for 10 years and like the casinos fill up and World Series of Poker is on. That is what happened. Like mm -hmm. the dumb money hit the table, including you and me. What makes me angry is that I was I knew I was studying this three years ago. I just wasn't investing. And I think yes. you're probably in the same boat. Like, you know, it's it's who I mean, like, what do we do with that? Well, it's important to realize that so long as the volatility of these currencies remains, it is practically not useful given that it is trying to be a currency. And governments around the world move mountains to prevent their currencies from inflating and deflating. And in fact, nearly every political issue that we have is underpinned by an argument among the world elite over whether or not to inflate or deflate our currency. Yeah. And the the truth that like the truth of this it underpins everything and it has been at the core of all of our political arguments. The Wizard of Oz is entirely about currency inflation. Yep. And uh, and it, it is the at the like it, it is everything. And so now that we have the idea of a rival currency coming in and going up and down and up and down. That's not new in currency. Nope. That's not new. This is what governments exist to protect against. I would argue they exist to protect against them in ill-conceived ways, but you can understand it. If you buy Ripple at this price and then after we talk, it's a completely different price, then we haven't had a proper exchange of value. You need some sort of like stability, and so long as that stability isn't forthcoming, this entire value of this entire world and ecosystem is in question. Yeah, I mean, or is it just a new form of the stock market where it's about volatility? It's not just about stores of value; it's about trading on volatility. Yes, you know, like, and that's that doesn't mean that you don't. You know, if I invested, okay, so there's two things I've done that have been smart plays. Dumb because like I only put five bucks in a year ago and that's gone way up. It's going to stay up, right? But the other thing I did, which was smart, was – and it finally got put into my bank account – was Ethereum mining. It is going to pay off for the next two years. It has already paid off. It's worth like $80 now and it's – I only put 60 bucks in and I've got more years to go, right? And I think you're right. I think Ethereum's got a real potential future. Um, but – I. <laughs> I've been listening to way too much Noam Chomsky today. Uh, so the, the, the real, the real thing about it is, and this is it, is if we get closer to anarchism or, or libertarianism, it is these cryptocurrencies that allow us. It's going to allow the true sovereign citizen movement to happen. Yes. Because if you can codify your citizenship and your value and yourself on a blockchain transparent transaction with everybody else and be working in that way, the government should be able to say jack shit about anything. And that doesn't mean we won't have some version of it, but like as long as we have like 
you're right. All of it is just government capture. There are very few right now. It feels like legitimate, you know, forms of power being used over the masses or for the masses. Like we haven't mm-hmm. really codified why these our governments are legitimate, and this is the real threat to them. And it is always historically the the biggest threat. Like, currency is at the core of government. It is what underpins the value of government. Its capacity to mint currency, to enshrine the idea that people, particularly military, will get value for doing work that doesn't directly benefit them. Which is actually why, outside of us, which is why... As it is now, there's almost no way for the United States to have a debt crisis. We can just print our way out of that problem. We will inflate it. It'll be an issue. We'll hate ourselves for it. But there is no way to have a run on these banks because we issue debt in our own currency. As yes. long as that's the case, you can't really screw with us. Well, like, okay. in that way, you can. You, you, but you like, can. But, but, but yeah, that, as long as we care that about begs it. the question, who is us? Because that's actually what we have been doing. We have yeah. been doing this quantitative easing, which is essentially another way of just printing a bunch of money and flooding it into the market. The, the, the big banks and the big players are taking that money and it's not trickling down to the rest of us. Well, and the, it's the, creating inflation for a certain class of people. That's why your health care and your real estate costs are through the roof. And everything so, else, that, like your internet, your food, is by and large manageable in your so life. So question, question about that then. So Wells Fargo, Fifth Thirds Banks, AT&T. Now, Wells Fargo is the largest beneficiary today. We are talking on the day the tax bill was signed. Wells Fargo, the largest potential beneficiary of the tax bill, announced minimum wage hikes of $15 an hour in response to the tax bill. I did air quotes. Um, you know, is, you know, Amarillo National Bank uh, is giving $1,000, you know, uh, raises to a lot of its part-time employees. And they're saying it's because of the Trump tax cuts. You know, we're borrowing $1.5 trillion that may or may not come back in revenue. Are we... What do you think of those decisions? Are they really like what is that, Darwin? Is it real well, fiscal okay. policy responding, or is it cynicism because the CPFB has just come down on Wells Fargo and they've been fucking consumers for years? What what I do believe is that our corporate tax rate is an issue or has been an issue, yes. and that may not be a a progressive ideal. But the, the, the fact is a lot of corporations have been doing these corporate inversions where they get bought by a smaller company overseas so that they have to pay – they can actually pay taxes in that other com- uh, country. Right. And that's an issue and I think that we have to acknowledge that just because corporations make a lot of money doesn't mean that they're evil. Um, though they can often That's do not evil what things. I'm saying. I'm but, asking is that were the actions of these large banks who we may or may not think are ever on the side of the consumer to help their employees or let's say AT&T who's trying to merge with Time Warner and is facing pushback from the Trump administration announcing the is it pandering to go, pandering to the executive for public uh, perception or is it actual uh, evidence of economic policy being what they say it is. 
I think all of the above and not, not an interesting question. I, like the, the the truth is a, a, a an actual rising economy. Like we this this past year has been the biggest bullshit rise in stocks ever oh, because yeah. it, the stock market has risen, but the economy has been sluggish by virtually every metric other than the stock market. Well, what you're seeing right now in uh, is is an actual potential. You know rising economy and right. in rising economies the number one feature of a thriving economy is workers and labor get disproportionate power they have greater leverage it's, it's a buyer's market for if you're a worker like you right. get to choose what job you want they offer you the better amounts of money for you to come get that so what we've been seeing for these past 10 years frankly, has been a, an economy that has been like it, it crashed and then it's been sluggishly crawling out. But it hasn't seen any wage increases because it fundamentally was not an economy where workers had no. any leverage whatsoever. Because neoliberalism won. Neoliberalism won. We should discuss that. We okay, should discuss is, what, how what, neoliberalism is what's being – OK. The neoliberalist policies were this let's tear out the social welfare state for the individual essentially but let's leave it for the corporation which is what we've done we have a we have a government which serves our corporations at the same time and uh, because we do believe that a rising corporate environment we've created neo-feudalism under the guise of neoliberalism because instead of the social welfare state starting at the individual and making sovereign individuals mm -hmm. we decided that it was easier to uh, or, or the people who had money and were in power reset the board to say no the government's there to serve the businesses and the businesses then serve the people so we should all be super happy when wells fargo gives them a thousand dollars and raises fifteen dollars an hour that's neo-feudalism when we connect health care to our employer that's neo-feudalism under the guise of neoliberalism we are creating a new set of like landed lords and ladies who are our corporations that do not necessarily have to be in our best interest even if they're not outright evil and that's where we're at. That's what neoliberalism has done. And I would add to that that corporations are pretty hateable in a lot of ways. They do a good job of moving massive amounts of wealth through our economy in a way that invests in large projects. But what you're seeing right now with the neo-feudalism is a response to our relationship to debt and the debtor's world that we live in. And this is why you can't really talk about these issues, I think, outside of the world of cryptocurrency. What I think a lot of people investing in crypto don't quite grasp is that this is a libertarian's currency dream come true. Yep. This is a deflationary currency with outside interference at an absolute minimum that has absolutely uh, – not absolutely, but it is largely – Debt free at the moment. Now there's all these stories, people taking out mortgages, um, buying up crypto and stuff. This is all an issue. But one interesting asset of crypto in the moment is the idea that you are paying for things with assets that you have on a blockchain. Yep. And this is something that if you look at our history of debt, we are primed. The, to, to, to actually find a way to start forgiving debt because that's really oh, yeah. the only way 
that we're going to be able to thrive as millennials, especially given the retirement of the baby boomers. Now that, you know, everybody like, uh, like, like the, we're going to have one third of our populace in the next 10 years post-retirement age, the rest of us need to be able to actually compete and move wealth around. And that's impossible given the amount of debt millennials have. Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrency is on a certain level a strike back against the recession of 2008, nope. the idea of a debtor's market, the idea that college is a must and you must go into debt. The idea that in order to live your life, you have to go into debt. Like so we are, Darwin. we are, we are challenging that system. So, and we're also challenging the nation state system. So question Darwin, cause here's where, here's what I'm working on for 2018. It's just me. You know, if you dive deep into Nozick and a libertarian philosophy, it is, there's a true belief that the charity that happens, that there will be true charity that happens, that I will take care of my neighbor's house for fire damage, right? That I will, that, it is, that I under, will understand that it is actually in my best interest to be charitable and true human giving and kindness, right? Because mm -hmm. the subversive act that's happening, like the real subversive act in human history, and this goes back to what we talked to Jared about in Jesus, it is kindness. It's kindness on the part of the state, on the part of every individual towards every other person. That, mm -hmm. you know, and... Right now, there is a fundamental attack using libertarianism against some of those kindnesses, not towards the end of a more kind state, but in pursuit of more power for a certain type of state, right? When you take away public education or you systematically start to fight that as a right, then you start, you just start to begin to unravel everything else. And we are... How, if we're going towards this, how do we express the true human kindness in cryptocurrency that allows for a charitable, just society that we want with limited government intervention, as opposed to a hellscape of extortion based on one individual, not just the government have, you know, like how do we, how do we work on that? I don't know how to make it happen. What I, what I, what I lament is the public perception that societal wrongs need to be addressed through throwing government money at it. I don't profess the belief that cryptocurrency will usher in a new era of human kindness, but I do believe that it could set us on the right path to evaluating where that kindness comes from and how we can actually best address it, primarily looking at people not as fixed states on an income ladder, but rather as individuals with hopes and dreams who are being systematically suppressed by a lack of options. And I just don't believe throwing money at issues changes the power dynamic. I think it makes for a good soundbite in a political campaign, but I also think that it emphatically emphasizes the federal government's power, which I don't believe to be an equalizer. Cryptocurrency okay, could be an equalizer. But it's not just throwing money. Okay, now, a lot of times it is just throwing money at things. But we've discussed this a little bit before. If you're going to throw money at one thing, I would say it's the universal basic income. You ha to, my, to my belief, it's that if you take away cash desperation, you can 
actually allow for true capitalism in this country as opposed to extortative micro markets of completely inflexible demand, of completely inelastic demand, right? Because we have our system the way it is, because we take away that base, we aren't really working in a free market. We are working in extortionary like tolls everywhere. Like the market isn't working properly because if you get to the bottom, you're not able to function as a sovereign individual because of the leverage everyone has over you. Well, a big part of that is because a lot of the value, the intrinsic value of man, and that's one important element to consider in the inequality equation is everybody has intrinsic value and we provide a lot of value to the people around us. It's just that some of us are getting paid for that intrinsic value and some of us are not. What blockchain offers is also a capacity to actually make money based on the value you're providing to other right. people. Like if, for instance, you and I could be paying each other, Matt, every single time that we get on this yep. podcast, all of our listeners could be paying us every single time they listen to us. And it could happen in a world where we don't conceive of it as payment. If, if like, like, because, because here's the key, a blockchain is open source it's a worldwide decentralized web, but it can store more than just currency. It yeah, can store more than just value. It can communicate well, data. It can transmit well, information. And if we're in a world where, like, look, we've got ones and zeros flying at each other right now, Matt. Like, yeah. imagine if this live chat that you and I are, are doing over Skype right now was happening via blockchain and – in that blockchain, there was a store of value that I could turn around and accumulate and exchange for food and goods and services. Right. That is a world that is possible. And that is something that would mimic the basic income um, on a certain level. But right. more accurately, it would just be plenty of income. It would be right. abundance. There's, there is no – well, we already – the truth is we already live in abundance in this world. We just have not set up the system to make that so, right? You don't need corporations in the way we have structured them if you have – so like I'm all for a capitalist society that like allows you to just provide value to other people. It's a barter it's a truly transactional barter system, trade system of good for good. We can teach every kid who's coming up through school or whatever educational system we have, you know, learn yourself, learn new things and provide value to the world, to the market. And the more people providing micro value to their community is where we're going to get it. And what you really exposed here, Darwin, is that the blockchain allows us to see the broader understanding of value. Because thanks to Sam Walton and a lot of other things, we almost only look at price. We look at this number on the screen mm -hmm. as what yes. value is. And the truth is value is so much greater than just a number. It's not high-low. It's like – and this is another argument we get into of more or less government. And that's a dumb argument because it's an mm -hmm. argument in aggregate on one variable in, a in an infinitely complex system. Yes, and it's our grandfather's battles. And that like, yes. it, it's, it's, it's a battle that we don't need to fight any longer. And I, I have to say, like, because the, all of this world is happening in tandem, and I have to say, I'm happy the tax bill passed. I really am. I, 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 I would rather the tax bill than not the tax bill. But what I lament is the most important thing the tax bill could have done is to just simplify the goddamn thing. Yep, like, didn't do that. And, and they didn't do that. They essentially did one real thing, and that was reduce the corporate tax rate 
by 14 points from 35 to, to 21. Um, a lot of other shenanigans kind of flowing around there. But I think it's all for show. The real thing they did was they lowered the tor- corporate tax rate. Okay, fine. I'm for less taxes. But what I'm really for is imagine if people in crypto were as worried about each transaction as the IRS is worried about all of your transactions in real life. Those like, 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 if you read the IRS's um, current script on cryptocurrencies and the way that they're describing the value of crypto, it goes to show why the IRS is such a demonstrably stupid entity in our society. Because to, to contemplate value and, tr- and try and put a price on it, as Uncle Sam would, would, would distinguish it, is so inherently stupid. If you got rid of all of that and, and replaced it with a blockchain and said, look, for all the services that we want to provide for quote unquote free, we just siphon it off of the blockchain. Yeah. By the way, the, Estonia is doing it. that, essentially. Have you have you read about Estonia? Oh, not, Estonia? Uh, enlighten me. What's going on? Okay, with so and there's a New Yorker article that I suggest everyone listen to or read. Uh, I was listening to it, but it's called E Estonia. They have created all their government services online. Me and you can apply for an Estonian citizenship and get access to their entirely online uh uh, suite of tools. Programmers from around the world are getting Estonian citizenships because of the value that they get. That they've like put tons of stuff on blockchain. Everything's done incredibly efficiently, and they're becoming the most e-transparent society that they possibly can. And it's the Estonian government facilitating it, but they're facilitating a decentralized level of you know wow. autonomy. And it's and this isn't a former Soviet state. This isn't a state where you know. When you when it comes down to it, and this is what you see, libertarianism and communism end up in the same place in their purest form. Mm-hmm. You know, in their purest form, you are you know if you're you, you're not trying to amass so much wealth that you are detrimental to the world around you. You're trying to provide enough value to be like that's where we. How do we? Let's let's ask about this. How do we? Decide when enough is enough or what we're looking for. Because, you know, why are we trying to amass the next Rockefeller fortune? What does that do for you? What does that do for us? I I, want to begin with saying I am not a purist because I agree with you that communism and and libertarianism in their purest forms do arrive at the same location fundamentally, which is essentially anarchy. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't subscribe to that. I, I, I'm directionally libertarian. Yeah. And I'm happy with the direction that the libertarian, uh, you know, like, like many things are, are, are progressing. Um, but in, as regards ownership, I, it's less about what to do about the next Rockefeller or, or, or do we want to be the next Rockefeller. It's like, yes, there's somebody out there who wants to take – all the marbles. That's just how human nature is. A couple of bad eggs, a couple of really selfish people are going to ruin it for the rest of us. One of the biggest players in cryptocurrency is North Korea. They yeah. are they are stocking up on crypto cash, and you can understand why. We've got sanctions against them galore, um, and 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 the Asian market in general, especially South Korea, is um, behind a lot of the rapid surge in uh, crypto growth. But the truth is. If this actually takes off, a lot of the absolute most powerful players in the world are going to be threatened 
as their as leaders in their in, in, in their respective environments. And among that would be corporations and the Federal Reserve. Yep. And what is important in cryptocurrency right now is that we're all on the same team. Fundamentally, we're all like as, as like you may be trying to gain the system, but 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 you are exactly the same as Kim Jong Un. In that you watched your 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 coins yesterday go down, and you said, "Holy shit!" Yeah. <laughs> like like, and that is a uniting principle, and that the the illusion of the united populace in crypto, and the illusion of the privacy, even if it doesn't maintain, because Ripple isn't private at all but well, like but yeah. that that is the fundamental import behind blockchain in this moment is the idea that we are united by this common thing that pits us in direct opposition to all the players that are fighting yeah like well, we, we and, and we can use that we can use that for a populist upro uprising that is not libertarian or socialist or any of that but just to say human. look we deserve value yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're fueling World War Three with North Korea when they when they when their second ballistic <laughs> missile is bought by $1,900 coin fucking Bitcoin. Uh, we're going to wonder and you're going to say, oh, man, that's how they got through it. But, yeah, I think you're right. We're the cryptocurrency. It gives us a real chance, you know, to treat everyone. I mean, to, to actually compete equally, to be to have a decentralized system now. Will will the revolution? Will Jupiter eat its own children? Right, or Saturn eat its own children? Like, will the revolution destroy itself in the end? You know, who knows? I one one last just sort of like comment. I would just say I I can't give a lot of advice, but there's one thing that I would uh, advise everybody to do. If you're really in crypto, go on Twitter. You know, like look at what people are saying. There is a lot of common sense stuff that you can kind of understand. That Twitter can teach you that um, you know, yep. it, like, because the, there isn't a lot of actual analysis going on. And I, I've read a lot of the articles by Bloomberg and CNBC, and frankly, CNBC is the direct cause of this fucking fiasco. Yeah. They brought on the guy from Bitcoin Cash. They yeah. had him talk shit on Bitcoin. And then I think a lot of like because what happens is a lot of people with a lot of crypto they yeah. deliberately sell off to to short the market, expecting everybody to sell, and then they buy it all back up and watch it rise. Right. So like you know, Twitter that's, is that's honestly not, the place where you get the best analysis. That, well, yeah. Well, CNBC's been doing that with stocks for years. <laughs> like I, I, I when you need to watch billions. Because I, I actually have been watching billions. I actually okay, like it's it a super, lot. It's super useful when you're yeah. trading cryptocurrency. Because what you realize. I accidentally stumbled upon those two at the what, same time. Well, me too. Well, me too. But here's what you also realize when you when – you, you, because is – don't – if you can help it and clearly we're not doing – don't trade when you're not uncertain. You know what I'm saying? Like it's very key to not be uncertain about what you're looking at if you really – if real money is on the line. Like – I haven't figured out my full strategy. I'm reading uh, Ray Dalio's uh, book Principles: Life and Work. It's very interesting. It's you know about what you know how he structured his his company. But I mean, we're we're just at the beginning of this, Darwin. You know, yeah, every and, and, every single company we will create. I I want 2018 there to be created a lofty Darwinism coin. We yeah. should have this on a blockchain. Yes, like this, should. honestly, we should. I would yeah, like to do and, that, and and it will happen, and 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 it will happen much faster than you realize. Mm -hmm. And um, but 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 that in that principle, 
these are not meant to be stocks. Okay, it is Some not it, like they are. They are meant to rise slowly and reliably in value. That is what these currencies are designed to do, and uh, or at least or at least the new ones. Bitcoin was a little more decentralized, but Ripple is designed to slowly and methodically gain value. It is not meant to be a stock. If you invest in Ripple, if you invest in anything, invest for more reasons than to make money. Invest because you believe in the product and use the product. Try sending Nothing you are saying crypto. is any different than why you invest in young corporations because you really believe that the KFC chicken is better. Like, this isn't different, Darwin. Yeah. Like, your reason for why to invest in Ripple is the same sort of analysis as to why to invest in a company. So your argument of like, like, yeah, you're investing in more than you just want to make money because well, of how you spent yourself. I think as millennials, we're learning to invest. Like, I, I think right. we're coming on the stock market that everybody else has experienced for you know hundreds well, of years. Well, if we were smart, we would have taken our graduation money and put it right in the market at the bottom at the beginning of the <laughs> Obama administration. I had a guy from Nestle at seven thousand dollars and that was like seven seven five when I was at. He was like, "Yeah, I sold out before the election year started. and I'm going to buy back in at the bottom." Like it's, yeah, I, I, I think. You're looking at, you know, bonds aren't yielding much. People got to put their money someplace. There's way too much money at the top. And unless they start paying people at the bottom, it's just going to start inflating and going like there is too much money tasting too few returns. This is an inflationary investment market. If you yes. want to know what has inflated and eventually it'll come down to us because they'll have to try to get their profits or they're just going to lose money. But it's an inflationary investment market right now. And we... And that's actually made some of the consumer goods more competitive and cheaper. That's actually had weird consumer effects. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I don't know how it fully ends because I, I haven't gamed that out. The true inflationary investment cycle that is more than a bubble. How does that eventually affect consumers? I don't know. Well, you haven't gamed it out because you're not a professional economist and neither am I. And it's like we're just two dudes shooting the shit over something that we, we're interested no. in. Okay, here's the thing though. As someone who's been trained by professional economists or talked to them, they they are also just studying. This is – like I'm not saying no one knows. If you look at professional yeah. economist predictions, they're the ones you probably shouldn't be looking at. Like mm -hmm. Paul Krugman doesn't even understand Bitcoin but essentially just just stole the every man in the street stock story as to why – you know my barber said his son-in-law is selling everything to invest in Bitcoin. Probably seems like you should get out. Like that's the oldest story in, stock, in a stock bubble. He just reappropriated it story this is not you know i'm going to come back yeah, to it it's and, how and, we and, learn and from what's, what's basic principles what's different is that it is entirely a bubble but it's also a new emerging and life-changing technology and those two factors are directly at odds with each other there are and and, and also some cryptocurrencies will survive. The rest are going to die. Oh, some, yeah, for sure. But it's, also, you're going to look at everyone is going to the, – the blockchain – it's just it, – we haven't even begun to see how this this all plays out because we there will be – the stores of value are changing. They are just mm -hmm. changing. Like they don't just mean money. It does not just mean U.S. dollars. The United States dollar is no longer going to be the entire store of value for things and that's what mm -hmm. I think it means most. Yeah. So what are your five uh, cryptocurrencies that you're most interested in? Um, I'm literally – I'm not I – don't, I'm not studying them as hard. Like I've got, I've got some Ethereum. I've got my Bitcoin cash that just came to me because of the split. Um, I bought Litecoin too high. But, this, uh, but I've got some Monero that will eventually come to me. But right now yeah. I'm 
playing it very slow. I'm yeah. thinking about this and like, you know, what what I didn't really get beat up too much in this swing, but I'm having to watch it. I'm having to think about, you know, all of my investment strategy because it's something I've always cared about. I, I don't like to lose, Darwin. You saw me. I was willing <laughs> to get up earlier than everybody else every morning in high school, senior year, to win and win by a lot. Okay, well, let me let me get, throw you a few names out real fast for you to look into. Yes. And, and don't don't just invest. Look into them. Of course uh, not. And, and, and these – okay, so I'm in Ripple and Litecoin. Those are the two right. that I have. I've got some uh, light. The, the rest uh, that I would recommend you check out – um, it depends on your philosophy. Monero is a good privacy-related one, and that's likely. I've to got kind some of, of that. Uh, you know, like continue. Um, Qtum uh, is okay. the is the shorthand. I think it's a quantum is the actual. It's a Chinese-backed cur- currency. That one you should pay attention to. Okay. I would also really strongly recommend checking out Verge, which is a Bitcoin. Um, like, because many of these currencies. There are only a few uh, blockchain processes that uh, – like many many of the currencies that are out there are clones of other crypto. Question. So a lot of them are on Ethereum or Bitcoin. Verge is on Bitcoin. Um, and so Verge is really strongly backed by uh, John McAfee, I think, the libertarian guy. That's if you're paranoid. If you're, if you're really looking for privacy, that's the one to look at. Um, and then I think IOTA has a lot of um, – that it's going to do. And so, question. Did – when the Indian government – and this is something I don't know and you might not know it either. When the Indian government went cashless, did they create a crypto version of their currency or did they just create a digital currency? Because there's a difference obviously. I think they just created a digital currency. But they also did just suspend trading on Bitcoin uh, on one of the largest Indian uh, – exchanges coinbase essentially today just did it to us too yeah yes um india is a case study as to why you don't want socialism (laughs) it is a it is a heavily regulated market and it's like china it's got like a it's it's very nationalist country but um you know like with like free market sort of corporate capitalist you know like underpinnings but it's 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 going to it's going to fight Bitcoin much harder than a lot of these other countries are going to. I think mm-hmm. um, it's more likely to create its own currency, right. just like Venezuela is doing. It's trying. Oh yeah, well that's petrol, well. The thing is, know, Venezuela like, could tie their digital currency to oil and be fine and correct some shit. Like they could actually, you know, if they knew what they were doing. But like competency is not the Venezuelan government's core thing right now. People are just starving there. But eventually, like eventually, one of these cryptocurrencies win. The reason they're they're gaining value is because they expect more people to invest. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, that's... So, like right now, about five percent of millennials have Bitcoin. Yeah, all right. It's projected to be about a third by the end of twenty eighteen. Okay, that's so crazy. that's market saturation. That's why people are still investing, even though everybody's like it's a bubble. Well, the bubble has a ways to go, but right. eventually. Certain ones win. Yeah. And just remember that. <laughs> yeah, no. And because, well, are there, are there index funds for cryptocurrencies yet? Uh, I think so. I think they're just starting to launch those. I think Goldman Sachs um, is going well, to be That's uh, when everyone was – well, that's my question is was this move partially – like these are some of the first – some of the first institutional money hit recently too, right? Like 
really into Bitcoin. So I wonder if they just took some took some loss. Uh, they took their money off the table for a sec. Just I, I think I, no. I think that I think that you are looking at a market that is volatile because it's unregulated and there's a lot of whales out there. You know, people with large holdings, and yep. it's it's a strategy. If you if you dump if you hold ten percent of Bitcoin, if you dump all your Bitcoin all at once at the high, and Watch the market just skyrocket down. If you can bet that other people are going to start selling off quickly, it's going to sh- it's going to shoot down, and then you can buy it all back up at a lower right. price. It's so not that's that's what's times. happening right now. Is that a lot of well, it's bigger in crypto than it is in stocks, and that's because it's illegal. Of- like most of that shit is com- is in theory kind of illegal. Pump and dump schemes are fucking yeah. illegal in stocks. So let's just in be complete- stocks, but not in crypto. Right and now, that's what's happening. Question: that's what's happening Now, now that, that's a, we, we are going to have a whole other discussion about whether or not you should be allowed to manipulate crypto. Like, I, I don't know. I haven't thought about <laughs> it. I'm not. I'm not just like pure libertarian on that. Um, but I do uh, believe that that's what's happening. Oh yeah, and and, it, and they're not going to get punished for it. <laughs> no, well not and, yet. And I would bet that the North Koreans. Are probably a big part of that. <laughs> no, like we're that. blaming the Winklevi. We always blame the Winklevi. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Like that, but that's All actually. Right. Yeah, I, on that I, you note. know, look, I, I, I have to say, 2018 is going to be a big fucking year for cryptocurrency. I hope it does well. I, it's going to do well whether you make money at it. It's going to depend on how much research you do and uh, and how lucky you are. Yeah, there's a lot of luck involved. All right, lofty Darwinism, everybody. We're out. Love to know it was a Merry Christmas. See you next year.